This is TSC Now, a podcast from the TSC Alliance. Hello, and welcome to TSC Now, a podcast from the TSC Alliance. I'm your host, Dan Klein. Today's edition of our podcast is called Rare Conversations, which I'll explain in just a moment. But first, a few disclaimers. This episode is being sponsored by Nobel Pharma America, LLC. The opinions expressed are those of myself and our guest speaker individually, and do not reflect the policies or positions of Nobel Pharma. The following content is for informational purposes only. It is not medical advice and is not intended to recommend or suggest a course of treatment or treatment options. Be sure to talk to your doctor about your symptoms and conditions. So now with that out of the way, I'm very excited to start this conversation. And for anyone making the transition from being a teen to becoming an adult, life can definitely be demanding and complex no matter what you're dealing with. Layer that on top of having a TSC diagnosis. And now you're talking about really unique challenges that are best understood by others with this rare condition. Teens with TSC must quickly learn how to be even more resilient, resourceful, and optimistic when the going gets tough. Fortunately, great solutions and solid support, which we'll soon hear about, are readily available so that forward momentum can continue into adulthood. I'm excited to be joined today by Justine Ravindranath, Commercial Operations Manager at Noble Pharma America, a company that focuses on treatments for rare diseases. Justine, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dan. Glad to be here. So earlier this year for Rare Disease Day 2023, Nobel Pharma sponsored a panel discussion with a few young adults who had been diagnosed with TSC. One goal of that very special event was to shed light on some of the challenges these young people are encountering as they transition into the entirely new world of attending college and just life after high school. That's right, Dan. We have a really interesting conversation coming up. We'll dig into the results of that focused discussion and hear about the two major themes that emerged. These folks shared some pretty amazing stories about how they're coping with major life change. It can get pretty overwhelming at times. And we learned about some solid survival strategies that these people have designed for themselves. We're eager to share these thoughts with their peers and others. That sounds great, Justine. Now, as I mentioned, Nobel Pharma is a company that focuses on the treatment of rare diseases. And rare is sometimes referred to as an orphan condition. I understand it is defined in the U.S. as one that impacts less than 200,000 people. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, Dan. And too often, that means only a few or even no approved treatment options are available. At Nobel Pharma, we are really about understanding what folks need after they've been diagnosed with a particular rare condition. Then we work on bringing therapeutic solutions to them, even if we're talking about a super small group of people. Addressing TSC is a perfect example of of how we live out our mission. The February panel discussion offers us valuable information about how we can continue to serve the TSC community even better. Now, jumping into our young adults and how they're handling their TSC. Our Young Adult Advisory Board was a chance for about six individuals to gather in one place to get to know one another make connections, and share their personal experiences with us. The group of individuals we gathered ranged from about 18 years old to several folks in the room who are in their late 20s. They shared some of their TSC stories and echoed similar needs when it comes to the issues we'll get into. We're grateful for everyone who participated. We're grateful for their time and for being so open on such an important matter. For sure, many of the people with TSC will find answers and maybe even a sense of belonging through this podcast 
podcast episode. We're building community here. Yes, we absolutely are, Justine. And, you know, we're so grateful for you all for hosting this important discussion. And I'm so excited to hear more about what came out of it. Absolutely. So diving in and breaking it down, we learned that one of the toughest aspects of living with TSC is the so-called invisible nature of this condition. The Mm -hmm. symptoms and effects of TSC, though not quote unquote seen by others, are very real, chronic, and challenging to the individual who has them. By the same token, certain aspects or symptoms of TSC may be immediately visible to others, such as, for example, skin manifestations, some of which appear on the face or other parts of the body. We heard that when peers' curiosity about these visible external symptoms comes across as condemning, it can be very difficult for individuals with TSC to enjoy common social interactions. Unfortunately, this experience is often heightened when someone is just starting out in a brand new environment, attending college classes, for example. Social anxiety can easily become a norm unless it's addressed. In more severe cases, Individuals with TSC experience bullying and social isolation. The lack of understanding about this rare condition in educational institutions and workplace environments can provide an extra layer of complexity for TSC young adults as they find their footing on their path to adulthood. We also heard some folks talk about how tough it can be to work with professors who don't necessarily have the capacity or the desire to tailor their teaching styles to meet the needs of someone with a learning disability related to TSC, for example. The additional stress of advocating for oneself paired with the general demands of higher education and a desire to do well academically and socially, well, it puts a lot of pressure on the individual. In some cases, it can actually trigger a negative TSC-related response. Wow, that's really rough. I know that when I was in college, I was already stressed enough as it was, but to have all of these other additional things, adding additional stress must be really hard. Yeah, I know, Dan. We've all been there. It really makes me sad to hear this because uncooperative schools are stifling the potential of so many individuals simply by not being more flexible and accommodating to these students' requests. Absolutely. And, you know, it sounds like these new responsibilities and requirements of adulthood, even just advocating for yourself to your professor on top of just dealing day-to-day with this rare chronic medical condition in TSC can force these students and these kids to have to grow up and mature more quickly. Yeah, that's right, Dan. They need to figure out and then apply successful emotional coping strategies or else risk troubling setbacks. And that leads into a reoccurring theme that we heard, which is the importance of having a strong support system in place. It's really key during and after a crucial transition from the teen years to early adulthood. Having others nearby who will lend a helping hand, offer a listening ear, or who can share tips on living well and thriving no matter what, all these things can make a huge difference and a very positive difference for a young person living with TSC. The group also shared that questions may come up about choosing the right insurance plan once they transition off their parents' plan, for example, and finding a physician who actually knows about TSC and who is specialized in treating it. It can be a challenge. Dan, with Nobel Pharma America, 
we are inspired to help provide resources to these individuals with the hope that we can help them thrive. That's great. I'm so glad that you all are helping to provide these resources because, you know, we hear from families all the time about how challenging that transition is, how challenging it is to find Mm -hmm. that stable care Mm -hmm. for an adult with TSCs. And that kind of leads to another theme that came up during our discussions, which is stability. It's kind of the flip side, the support system coin. They go hand in hand together. For example, some may be fortunate to be able to stay with their pediatric healthcare providers as they step into their new college chapter of life. We learned that this can make coping and functioning day to day much easier. It can remove the uncertainty that might be there otherwise if they're required to start seeing a new doctor during that time. Wow, that's a really interesting insight from the group. Yeah, absolutely. People also noted how they can sometimes feel frustrated by always feeling like a case study with brand new physicians. Someone else mentioned the challenges of learning how to live independently as a young adult and of securing reliable transportation. I think these are some things we can all kind of relate to. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know that I can. (laughs) Yeah. Some folks pointed out also that good resources for building or strengthening a support system and stability included reaching out to the TSC Alliance and similar groups that understand rare conditions and all the things that can go along with that diagnosis. Private organizations specializing in students with disabilities are also great. Without these support systems and stability, young adults may give up, give up on college or on seeking qualified health care and the like. And that's not what we are wanting here. Yeah, absolutely not. We want to make sure that these students have the resources they have to be successful in their college careers. Absolutely. And other resources, of course, include specialist healthcare providers who recognize and understand TSC and its psychosocial impacts. We're talking about well-informed pediatric and adult neurologists, dermatologists, cardiologists, you know, the list goes on. Friends and caring family members, school systems, and certain community programs can also be important resources. Other really strong support, though, can just come from other young people, their peers, who are successfully designing and sharing their own strategies for living well with TSC. We hope that the Face Forward website that Nobel Pharma launched recently may provide another helpful resource. The website is directed to adults with TSC, caregivers, and healthcare practitioners alike. It offers educational content about TSC and facial angiofibroma associated with TSC and a resource to locate clinics and treatment centers that may specialize with the rare disease. That's really great. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to explore the Face Forward site, and it really is full of great resources and links out to other organizations who are supporting individuals living with rare diseases. And I'll just say, too, that the TSC Alliance also has a lot of medical information Mm -hmm. offered on our website. Mm -hmm. And we also have the benefit of having our Future Leaders Program, where we have other young adults who are living with TSC who are meant to be mentors to that specific age group. And they're always willing to provide support and resources to other young adults. Absolutely. Everyone needs a friend beside them. Nothing beats good friend. Well, one other thing that's totally super cool that we have for our TSC community is our totally super cool book, Dan. We recently launched in July of 2022 at the TSC World Conference. It's a book that illustrates ways that children may feel more comfortable talking with others about TSC by using fun words for the acronym TSC to help kids reframe talking about their TSC such as totally super cool. The goal is to show all the children with TSC that their accomplishments are what make them special and unique. Wow, 
That is totally super cool. <laughs> and I heard a rumor that the book is now available through the Face Forward website too. Absolutely. I'm happy to confirm that rumor. Anyone 18 or older can download a copy and Nobel Pharma will be handing out our hard copies again at all the Step Forward to Cure TSC walks and at all the 2023 TSC Alliance regional conferences. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's great stuff. We really have some good resources rolling out to the community. So hey, Hey, Dan, thanks so much for having me on for this podcast today. It's really been great getting to share a little bit more about Nobel Pharma America and our findings from the Young Adult Advisory Board. The need for strong support systems and stability were definitely the main themes we talked about today. Again, Nobel Pharma, we're here and we aspire to support young people with TSC as they make strides to grow and succeed in all aspects of their lives. Yes. Thank you so much, Justine, for making time to talk to me and sharing those incredible insights from Nobel Pharma America. We're just so grateful for your commitment to not just treatments, but also to improving lives of individuals living with rare diseases. So I guess that's a wrap for today. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, Dan. Always great chatting with you. I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Thanks again for having me on and thank you everyone for listening today. My thanks again to Justine Ravindranath and Noble Farmer America for sharing the findings of that young adult panel discussion from earlier this year. I think the two themes of finding a support system and stability are so resonant and crucial to navigating the challenges that come when you transition into adulthood. I'll be sure to share a link in the show notes to the Face Forward with TSC website with all of those helpful links and resources that we talked about during the episode. I'll also be sure to include a link to where you can download the digital copy of Totally Super Cool. Finally, I'll include a link to our navigation guide for the transition years of TSC, which is full of information for individuals living with TSC ages 14 to 26. Earlier this year, during the same week Nobel Pharma hosted their adult panel, the TSC Alliance hosted our annual Volunteer Leadership Summit and March on Capitol Hill, where we bring our amazing volunteers from around the country to advocate for continued funding for the Tuberous Sclerosis Complex Research Program at the Department of Defense and offer comprehensive training to prepare our volunteers to provide support to families and individuals with TSC in their area. The week concludes with our volunteer leadership celebration, where we honor up to four community leaders, one adult with TSC, and one community alliance with our Volunteer of the Year awards. Over the next few episodes, I'll connect with each of the recipients of this year's awards to share their stories and how they got involved with the TSC Alliance. These are truly incredible people, and I can't wait to share their stories with you. So, the second half of this episode features an interview with Iris Mustick, an adult with TSC who we honored with the Keith Hall Distinguished Leadership Award. Over a decade ago, the TSC Alliance launched our adult initiative to make every adult with tuberous sclerosis complex feel welcome and valued in the TSC community. This initiative has grown to incorporate various volunteer leadership positions with individuals dedicated to supporting other adults with TSC, as well as dependent adults and their caregivers. The late Keith Hall was an adult with TSC who championed this initiative. He gave selflessly of his time to serve on the TSC Alliance Board of Directors, Adult Task Force, and as a spokesperson for our adult efforts. I had the opportunity to get to know Keith when I first started with the TSC Alliance, and he epitomized the virtues of kindness, dedication, and service. The Distinguished Leadership Award recognizes an adult who mirrors the attributes of our most dedicated advocates, and Iris certainly meets that threshold. She serves as an adult regional coordinator for Region 7, which includes Connecticut, Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, New York, 
New Jersey, and Massachusetts. She also serves on various committees and working groups, including the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Task Force, the Strategic Planning Committee, the Women and Maternal Fetal Medicine Health Initiative, and the Biosample Repository Steering Committee. She has also served as a consumer reviewer for the TSCRP and has advocated on Capitol Hill for the last two years. She is a really inspiring person, and I really enjoyed getting to talk with her. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Iris. Iris, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. So to start, can you just give me a little bit of background about your own journey with TSC? I was diagnosed when I was two and a half years old. I had been having complex partial seizures and it took a little bit of time, but finally my parents were able to get to the right doctors who knew about TSC and they got the diagnosis. Luckily, I was able to pretty quickly get medication that was effective and controlled my seizures. So I have been seizure-free for over 25 years. Now, for me, the biggest thing I deal with is my kidneys with the angiomyolipomas, the AMLs. So I have pretty frequent monitoring for that. And those cause high blood pressure. And that's pretty much where I am. I've been lucky to be fairly mildly affected, but it does still impact my life. I also have some manifestations of tanned. And as a kid, did your parents tell you that you had this rare disease or when did you know? So it's funny. I've tried recently to talk more to my parents about it because I didn't remember having any particular disclosure conversation or anything like that. And I don't think we ever did, but I was always included. They never kind of talked to my doctors without me in the room. I knew from a pretty young age, I probably didn't have a full understanding of what it all meant at first, but I was always pretty actively engaged in my care. We participated in a natural history study when I was around seven. So I don't remember having any particular conversation. I do actually vividly remember when I was in first grade having a classmate of mine make comments about the angiofibromas on my face. And so I do remember having a conversation about those and additionally about why I had to take medication every day when some of my friends didn't. But we never had a particular conversation that was, you have TSC and this is what that means. So growing up, I knew that I had seizures when I was younger. I had to get frequent vision monitoring and I had to get other monitoring, but I don't actually remember having any specific discussion about TSC. I knew that I had it. I knew what it was. It wasn't a secret, but didn't have any particular disclosure conversation, as I said. And when did you first come across the TSC Alliance? When I was very young, I honestly couldn't tell you how young I was. I remember as a child, we got the perspective magazines in the mail. So I always saw those. And actually, when I had to have laser treatments for my angiofibromas, the TSC Alliance was able to help with finding documentation from the leading dermatologists to prove that it was medically necessary to insurance companies. And I think I didn't have a full appreciation of what that meant, but I knew what they were. We didn't participate in a lot of events, but I remember always reading the Perspective magazine 
And my neurologist connected us with the TSC Alliance very soon after I was diagnosed. During your acceptance speech, you said something that was really impactful. And and that's that you didn't meet another person with TSC until pretty recently. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I didn't actually meet anyone with TSC at all, whether virtually or in person, until the first time I attended an adult topic call. The adult topic calls are hosted monthly by the adult regional coordinators. And I had seen for a while some advertisements on social media for those calls, which were targeted for independent and semi-independent adults. So I joined one and that was the first time I had ever met anyone with TSC. I saw this group of people on a Zoom screen and that was pretty impactful for me because not only was I meeting an individual person, but there were nine or 10 people on the screen who all had TSC and were all independent adults. The first time I met someone in person with TSC was at the Volunteer Leadership Summit last year in DC. And similarly, just seeing someone in person who had similar lived experience, who had even angiofibromas on their face or things like that. It's hard to even describe, but it was just one of those things with a kind of an instant connection. I had an instant connection, even though we hadn't necessarily had the same lived experience. There were certain things that we had in common that I've just never experienced before when I've I've met other people. So yes, I didn't know anyone as a child or even as a younger adult. So it was a long time before I met anyone else with TSC. So going back to that first adult topic call, what ultimately pushed you to you know, take that leap of faith to join the call? And was there something holding you back from doing it before then? The TSC Alliance has really been intentional the past few years about trying to engage the independent adult community more. In the rare disease space in general, and particularly in the TSC community, children and adults who are independent and are not necessarily as affected have been more underserved. So I'd seen more activity through social media and through the emails I was getting that was really targeted at the kind of population I felt I identified with. It was COVID. I hadn't really been interacting with a lot of people. And as I had been transitioning into the adult care space and had moved several times across the country and really been needing to advocate for myself more, I was kind of looking for more connection. And it took a couple of months after I saw the advertisements for the calls for independent and semi-independent adults. And I finally just kind of said, why not? So it took a while, but I think part of it was being at home and not interacting with as many people during COVID in general, as well as having more of an impact in my regular life of my TSC, looking for more connection. And so you join this call, you meet these other adults who have shared lived experiences living with this disease. How do you transition from that experience to then wanting to get more involved with the organization? I have always been the kind of person who jumps in. And as I said, had been having some more challenges navigating transitions of care and 
and access to care as I was moving across the country. And I wanted to be able to provide support to others who might be experiencing that as well, particularly because it can be sometimes hard to find the support as an adult medically or otherwise. So I kind of saw what the adult regional coordinators were doing on those calls. And I attended one more call and then said, I really want to be more involved. I want to connect with others. I want to help in any way that I can in supporting other adults with TSE. And were there any specific people that you connected with that you reached out to that helped shepherd you into the group? I interacted with Rob and Shannon Grandia a lot early on, and they were very welcoming and encouraging. And as far as in the community, I think those were the ones who I interacted with most at first. I also had met a few other adults on the call, like Phil Talman, who had a different experience than I did, but had very recently gotten involved in the community as an adult. And so that was one of the things that spurred me to see, okay, you know, I haven't been extremely involved previously, but but there is a space for me here. I want to dig in a little bit to what you were talking about as far as challenges with transition of care, because that's kind of a common topic that we hear about for teens and young adults as they approach what a lot of people describe as a cliff for their pediatric care. What were some of the specific challenges you were having, especially when relocating? I think one challenge for me was I had been seeing one of the providers who had been involved in TSC care for a very long time and was approaching retirement age. He was a little bit unique and I had a unique experience in that he kind of started practicing before there was child neurology and adult neurology. I was seeing him until he retired. And so it didn't really occur to me until that happened that I was going to have to find someone new. And a lot of the challenge is just that people focus on child neurology now in the TSC space. And there aren't as many people who are focused on adult neurology. And then particularly with nephrology in TSC, that's one of the more common issues for adults. And I had a few experiences in different regions where it was just clear to me that the most experienced individuals that I was being referred to actually did not have any experience or had very little experience with TSC. And they were very qualified nephrologists and very good nephrologists, but did not necessarily have the confidence or level of expertise that I needed. So I have traveled a lot for care, which I know is common in the child space, but I have traveled back to where I grew up to continue getting care there because I have not really found as many options closer to where I am now. And I have started more recently to find a few options that are closer to where I am. But part of the challenge is the lack of expertise or specialization in the adult space. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's a challenge. And it takes a lot of advocating for yourself and figuring out, okay, when do I need someone who really knows a lot about TSC? And when do I need someone who's just a really good doctor and is willing to work with others to coordinate care? And so that I think has been a learning experience too, because in the adult space, a lot of care 
is done through primary care or coordinated through primary care. Whereas in the pediatric space, a lot of it is coordinated by the neurologist. They prescribe all the medications or they coordinate with everyone. And then when you transition to adult care, you're seeing your primary care doctor and they're kind of often the quarterback, but they might not actually have all that much experience with TSC because they're a primary care doctor and they aren't a specialist. So in that situation, you end up becoming the coordinator of care for yourself as opposed to having a doctor who can help refer you. Exactly. Now in your leadership role, when you come across adults who are having similar challenges, what sort of advice do you give them? I typically try to probe a little bit and say, you know, it's helpful to really reflect on what a primary care provider or even a specialist who doesn't have a lot of experience with TSC can provide. Because a lot of doctors, even if they don't have experience with TSC, they can look at the guidelines, they can follow the guidelines, or they can make certain decisions that are not actually necessarily specific to TSC. You know, there are plenty of other patients they may see who take certain medications or have certain experiences. It's really kind of trying to identify when you really need someone who knows TSC and when you can work with someone who's willing to learn and really working with someone who is willing to admit when they may not know something, but is willing to do the research or work with you to find out. I think that is the most important thing in a provider for adults is someone who is willing to admit when they don't know and work with you to advocate for you and find the best plan. I often refer folks to the TSC Alliance for more information on specific issues and specific areas of the country. There are resources, there aren't clinics or centers of excellence everywhere, and there aren't ones necessarily that always see adults. But I think the information I've gotten from the TSC Alliance website and from staff at the TSC Alliance has been really helpful in figuring out what is the best option. Looking back to last year, we had shut down all of our in-person events during the peak of the pandemic. So last year's Volunteer Leadership Summit was really the first time we were bringing our community back together in person again. And as you said, that was the first time you got to meet other people with TSC in person. What was that experience like for you? That was in some ways overwhelming, not in a bad way, just a lot to process. I was inundated with so many people. At first, it was a little surreal and it was just really nice. There was kind of this immediate connection and understanding of certain frustrations or certain struggles. And that's something that's really hard to explain to people who haven't experienced it. So it was really validating to meet other people who knew in some ways what the journey could look like or had experienced some of the same things. Since then, you've really jumped in with both feet, both as a volunteer and also as a leader. What has your experience been like as a volunteer for the organization? And what are some of your favorite moments? I would say that hearing others' stories, whether they're adults with TSC or parents or caregivers, hearing from them what their journeys have been like and how hearing my story or other stories can help them connect more and hearing about how they feel supported by other adults is really rewarding. Hearing the stories of other members of the community is always inspiring to me and makes me want to give back as much as I can. 
the world conference was a really great experience. There were so many people there and I had the opportunity to speak on a panel about women's health. And that is another big gap in care and research and support for the adult community. So I think that was one of my favorite experiences because that event was attended by far more people than we expected. We were in a very small room and I think we ended up having over 60 people packed in there. And it was really exciting to see that much interest, especially because there were clinicians from other specialties who wanted to hear about the lived experiences of adult women with TSC, as well as the few experts there are in women's health. And that was really rewarding to see both community members wanting to engage in that discussion and healthcare providers who don't specialize in women's health wanting to understand how they can better support their patients. That is really a standout experience for me. I also got the chance to attend the March on Capitol Hill in person this year, and I got to go with a few other members of the North Carolina TSC community and being able to speak with the staff of members of Congress was a really powerful experience, especially because I was able to serve as a consumer reviewer for TSCRP applications last year. So to be able to see and speak to why the funding is important and where it goes was really rewarding, especially as someone who works in public health and research to be able to apply my personal education and professional experience to give back to the community was really rewarding. So touching on that a little bit more, can you talk about your professional experience and how you bring that into your role with the organization? I have a master's in public health specifically in health behavior and health education. I have done qualitative research on the lived experiences of trans and gender minority youth accessing the HIV continuum of care, which is different than the lived experiences of individuals with TSC, but there are some common challenges. I currently work in clinical research and I get to see the drug development and regulatory pathway and timeline, and to work with government agencies and study sites and coordinate between and among a variety of different organizations to help move research forward to ultimately get drugs approved, specifically for pediatric HIV and TB drugs. And that's really rewarding to really be able to better appreciate how much work goes into and how much time it takes to get a drug from preclinical studies through clinical studies to the regulatory pathway. And I can understand the challenges associated with that and what needs to happen in the rare disease in the TSC space as we move forward with developing treatments. And I currently serve on the Biosample Repository Steering Committee. That's one way that I'm able to apply my research experience. And I just really enjoy being able to apply my professional experience to my volunteer work and to be able to understand and keep up with emerging research in the TSC space so I can help translate what's going on when I'm talking to newly diagnosed adults or other community members to make things 
easier to understand. So earlier this year, we had the opportunity to honor you with the Keith Hall Distinguished Leadership Award. This is an award that goes to an adult with TSC for their exemplary service to the organization. What does it mean to be recognized by your peers and to receive that honor? It really is an honor. I'm really glad to just be able to give back to the community what I can and hearing from other members of the community that I'm being effective in being able to support them and advocate for adults is just really impactful. It was a very emotional experience. I was surprised. I did not expect it. It's hard to even find the words, but it was really meaningful to me to hear that I'm able to contribute something to the adult community and it makes me want to keep doing as much as I can for as long as I can. We've talked about gaps in adult care. We've talked about your global perspective on progress in TSC research and the development of new drugs. What is your hope for the future? One of my most immediate hopes for the future is, and I feel very hopeful and very confident that this will become much more in the spotlight in the next few years, is guidelines and support and research in women's health and reproductive health. That will just be very impactful for the adult community, getting more answers to research questions and clinical questions in the women's health and reproductive health space is one of my most immediate hopes. And more generally, more research and understanding of what the experience can look like as you get older. There isn't a whole lot of information on TSC and older adults either. So I'm hopeful for more information on those and more use of patient reported outcomes to understand the lived experiences of people with TSC. Those are definitely great areas of growth. And it's very clear that that's a priority of the organization. And so it's great that we have volunteers like you and people on staff who are dedicated to that issue. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me, for your continued service. Thank you for everything that you do. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Dan. My thanks again to Iris for sharing her story and my sincerest congratulations to her for being recognized as a volunteer of the year. She is certainly deserving of that honor. Now, before we leave, I have three housekeeping items to cover. First, our step forward to cure TSC global hybrid walk run ride is in full swing. There's already been one walk and there are 13 other walks happening in cities across the country. You can find a walk near you or you can sign up to participate virtually from anywhere in the world at stepforwardtocuretsc.org. Second, the TSC Alliance will be hosting four regional TSC and LAM conferences with our partners at the LAM Foundation in Denver, Birmingham, Washington, D.C., and Seattle. And registration is opening soon. So be sure to follow us on social media using at TSC Alliance and check our website to learn how you can register for one of these regional conferences. Finally, we are less than a month out from TSC Global Awareness Day on May 15th. And I want everyone listening to wear blue and share your stories and pictures on that day using the hashtag TSC Global Day. I know that together we can raise a whole lot of awareness of TSC. That will do it for this episode of TSC Now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to TSC Now. Our theme song is Take Charge by Young Presidents. Listen to all our episodes and subscribe to the podcast now at tscalliance.org slash tscnow. See you next time.